Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses and workshops for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're selling on a regional basis at farmer's markets or just online and you want to expand your retail distribution, you should look into the courses and webinars from Kitchen to Shelf. Want to learn more about distributors, co-packers? Kitchen to Shelf can help you learn what you need to know to grow. More details at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. I'm Steve Clear, and this is the Next Level Brands Podcast, and I have with me today Mark Seiden, CEO of Cloudwater Brands. Mark is a former co-founder and CEO of Onboard Informatics, a self-funded real estate technology company that pioneered the dissemination of online real estate data to places like Zillow, Trulia, Chase Bank, and all these other people that we love. He also was involved in Clout, Nabwise, and Scout Ventures, which is an early stage VC fund. He's a founding board member of Torch, a nonprofit organization that works with underserved New York City high school students by exposing to career path training via internships, mentoring, and promoting diversity in the workplace. Also, he's a founding ice hockey coach, Ice Hockey in Harlem, a nonprofit organization also based in New York City, obviously, that works with inner city kids to promote education and work ethic through hockey. So that's a perfect preparation for working in the food and beverage space. Welcome to the program, Mark. <laughs> yes, thank you. Exactly. Perfect preparation. <laughs> uh, it's really great to be here. Thank you for having me, Steve. Um, so I, I think one of the first things Mark would question would come up is uh, people want to know, obviously, more about Cloudwater brands and then a little bit about how you moved from seeming tech space to food space. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, so you know, we, we formed Cloudwater Brands uh, and named it that named it that uh, you know purposely because uh, you know we wanted to build a um, you know a premium authentic you know good for you brand that you know would uh, highlight uh, you know really simple ingredients that you know are medicinal or good for you uh, in you know in packaging and flavor profiles that you know would kind of enlighten the senses. We put a lot of thought into not just, hey, let's rush into the CBD space, but, you know, let's start there, but let's start with, you know, a brand foundation that, you know, we can build on. And uh, we put a lot of thought into, you know, the space that we were entering, which we knew first would be the CBD space and that it would be very crowded. And we asked ourselves a lot of tough questions uh, about, you know, our why, and, uh, you know, how are we going to differentiate besides pounding our own chest and telling everybody how good we think we are? You know, how do we walk that walk and then follow through? And, you know, that was kind of the foundational start of the brand. So, Mark, from, um, again, cloud water having C CBD, obviously, and also water and botanicals and other, other good things, because you have some amazing flavor you know, profiles in the uh, – in the lineup. But um, when you were looking at that and what was going on, where in the time frame was it a year ago, two years ago, where were you looking at this sort of before the CBD Wild West happened or kind of after it was all out the gate? Uh, yeah, great question. So yeah, right about, it was two years ago, we were ideating and moved quickly to you know, creating a framework. I'm a big believer in 
you know, the planning, a lot of people focus on execution, which I'm not diminishing, but the planning to execute uh, is, is the most important. And so uh, it was, it was really, it was getting hot on the West coast. My co-founder, Barry Kelman, uh, and we'll get into that, how I got into this, but uh, you know, saw a trend starting out there and it was just a matter of time before it came here. And then just a matter of time before it became the wild, wild west. So we set out, you know, I'd say almost two years ago to the date to, uh, you know, begin that, that building process. And, and so, uh, again, you, you mentioned Barry and um, it's, it's an interesting backstory. So you want to take us a little bit through how it all came about? Sure. Uh, it is a very interesting uh, backstory. I had uh, just uh, completed a successful exit of Onboard Informatics. That was a company that I ran with a guy by the name of John Bednarsh, my co-founder and partner for 16 years. It was a self-funded business. We had pioneered uh, the dissemination of online real estate information and sold it to likes of Zillow and big banks and so forth. And we started in a recession and we managed through the financial crisis. And, and why this is relevant is after that exit, uh, it was not retirement money, certainly uh, something to celebrate and, and certainly finishing, uh, you know, we had a lot of pride, but I was grinding for 16 years and I needed a break. And yeah. I said, I'm taking a break. <laughs> and I meant it. And uh, I, I guess I was fooling myself because just as I was kind of settling in, I like to metaphor that, you know, my lounge chair to chill out uh, opportunity knocked on the door and it was Barry. And Barry said, you know, I, I need your help. I was out on the West coast was at a party. People were drinking uh, some CBD waters and uh, I grabbed one. I tasted it. And he said uh, an expletive, but I'll, I'll dilute that down. No pun is <laughs> it, it tasted like crap. Uh, it happened. Uh, so happens that Barry's sister, uh, Ellie Kelman is her name, uh, is a very reputable food scientist that uh, is a partner at Citramax, which is a flavor house in New Jersey. Ah. And so Barry brought back some samples and Ellie and her team, uh, you know, came up with a couple of flavor profiles and Barry started to walk around with this little green sample bag and, uh, you know, started to ask people what they thought, including myself. And uh, I said, this tastes really good. And he said, well, uh, it's all natural. It's sweetened with, you know, honey and it has, you know, CBD in it. And so, uh, you know, I was at the stage that he was asking for my help. So I made introductions to him, to people in my network that I thought could help him get the business off the ground. Uh, Barry doesn't have a long history in starting or operating a business and good for him to know to ask for help at that time. Right. And uh, there was a third meeting at his apartment one night and he said, well, why don't you join? Cause you, you know, you brought all these people together and you know, this was a, a guy in cannabis, a marketing guy and a, a, a food and beverage uh, a consultant. And they all, looked at him and said, you have something here. Uh, if you can check this box, that box, that box, you might have uh, an interesting business. And I, uh, maybe I should take this up with my therapist because I didn't know what I was saying at the time, but I said, hey, Barry, just make sure you find yourself a good CEO, right? And all of a sudden, uh, the room went silent and they all looked at me. <laughs> and I said, what are you looking at me for? And, and uh, Jake Schrader, who's now a, a advisor to the business, he's like, Sidon, 
you're the guy. And I'm like, what do I know about beverage? I mean, I, I, I'm just, I can drink it, but wow. you know, yeah. it was kind of a funny story, but it, you know, it, it manifested into something very serious. When, when they left his apartment, Barry cornered me and said, you are my guy. I want you to be my co-founder and help me get the business off the ground. And uh, I was humbled, confused, and you know, asked for a couple of minutes to think about it. But we know as entrepreneurs, that doesn't take very long to relight that engine. And here we are today. <laughs> the rest is history. Now, now Mark, there are a, a, a number of people that, you know, founders um, that I've interviewed that come from tech, not, not in the way you're describing this, but they, they were in tech. Some of them, yes, they went through, a, they sold a business or whatever, were taking some time. They were in Hawaii and all of a sudden, boom, oh, I want to do ice pops, uh, that kind of thing. But with the business at that point, you guys are still pretty much in planning stage and stuff. What, what did you bring from tech that really impacted, uh, you know, could, could impact the business? And what did you find, second question, what did you find so entirely different and brand new that you were just going, oh my God, how does this work? <laughs> yeah. Or how did it work? Uh, so I think, uh, you know, there's tech and then there's ex my experience within tech. And I think it just goes, you know, a level down for me. And that was uh, really learning, first of all, you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you start a business, you take a title, right? So, you know, uh, when John and I started on board, I'm like, he's like, what title do you want? I'm like, all right, I'll take CEO. He's like, I'll take president and COO. It's kind of comical. And then all of a sudden you're sitting in front of investors and people and whatever you have to be that title. And I wasn't a CEO uh, for many, many years to, to be quite honest, because there's a lot of things that books can't teach you or mentors can't, you know, uh, instill in you. You have right. to really, you know, learn what true leadership is and, and uh, decisive decision-making and managing through adversity and uh, becoming a people person, uh, even if you don't like the per, you know, there's a lot of skills that you have to learn. And, you know, th those are some of the things that uh, I really uh, was able to, you know, to build on. And mind you, after making hundreds, and I'm not lying, hundreds of mistakes, like cringing mistakes, but it's my business. So, you know, you give yourself the room, as long as you don't go out of business, you live to fight another day. So, Yep. Uh, at some point, those skills really started to come together for me. And so what I did know when Barry asked me is that uh, I know about the framework. I know about putting an exceptional team. I know about hitting singles versus trying to hit home runs. Uh, I know about, you know, going methodically slow so that you can go faster down the road. And those things were becoming an aid in me. So I said, at least I can bring that right, to answer the first question. Yep. And then the second question was a blank. It was a blindfold. Uh, I mean, literally, uh, we were a B2B business with an intangible product. I didn't have warehouse procurement, uh, you know, supply chains. I had, you know, servers and I had tech people to mine them. And we plugged into other people's servers and we hit a button. This is so many moving parts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, too many to get your brain around now that I look back. But, you know, one of the things I took immediately was, and this is what I said to Barry before I accept this, I want to go speak to some people, including her sister. And I've leveraged a really great network over the years. And I was introduced to Carol Dollard, who is Vitamin Water's former COO. Ah, okay. And I, yep. had lunch, I had lunch with Carol and she called me that evening and said, I love it. I love the brand. I think this could be the next Vitamin Water. 
And she personally wrote me a check and she said, I'd like to be involved and become your COO. I thought it was a prank, right? I mean, <laughs> why did I deserve right. it? I really did. And, you know, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good. I didn't think this up. I wasn't in Hawaii saying, hey, I want to make CBD drinks. This came to me. And because I learned how to, you know, attack opportunity, uh, I, I decided to take it on. So, you know, this is Barry's brainchild. And, and these, you know, a lot of what we've accomplished are because of Carol and some other great people that I've surrounded myself. So if I did anything well is I seized an opportunity and then I insulated my ignorance and my blindness with fantastic people. And, you know, it's two years now. I've really learned the game, if you will, and feel more confident. I'm still learning every day. But um, yeah, that's kind of how we put the pieces together and how I tried to navigate all the nuances. And, you know, great question, extracting from what I, you know, I did in the past, but not much more practically. I really had to learn as I went and as I still go. For sure. It's, I'm really glad that you brought up the planning aspect too of um, because it's one of the harder things to do working with startups and, and probably entrepreneurs in general, not even just in our, our food and beverage space, um, to recognize the value of planning. And although we all admit the plan doesn't stay, right, what, what it is, um, what you have to go through to get to something that's credible gives you a lot of ammunition for dealing with stuff as it comes down the road. Um, what did your guys' plan look like? And how does it look now? Yeah, uh, and so appropriate for exactly today, Stephen, I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. Uh, the, the plan was to launch a, a premium, a based on a premium experience beverage, as I said before, that looks great, that tastes amazing, uh, that's transparent. We put QR codes on the bottle. You can see the amount of CBD and purities and, and things like that. And build a community uh, one by one. And, and I got a lot of criticism for that. So people are like, you have to go, you have to go. And I said, no, I think, uh, you know, looking at some other brands uh, that started as a blog and then built a community are now billion dollar brands. They were surpassed by some of their competitors for the short term, but in the long run, it's the legs that, you know, you put there that will keep you stable. And now what we know is one of the most extreme adverse times in, our, in all of our lives and certainly in Cloudwater's tenure because we're so young and we're getting sure. kicked around. Um, and so that was part of the plan to launch something exceptional and then go w wider. The other thing we, we planned for, and the name from day one was Cloudwater Brands, we knew we weren't going to limit ourselves to just being a single skew you know, beverage company. We knew we wanted to do other things. And another thing I think I did well, uh, Steve, is in the beginning, I didn't have all the answers. In fact, I had very few. And people would ask me, well, what's this and what's that? And I said, you know something? I'm going to put a bottle on the table that has a great drink and then ask me what I want to do. Because until that, it doesn't matter, right? And I can tell you what you want to hear, but until I put that drink on the table, when I say I, I mean we, you know, um, that opens the next level, you know, it's a game show. All right, go on to the second level, Mark, what do you want to do? Or team, what do you want to do? Right. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, we also, you know, from a go-to-market strategy, knew that we wanted to be a part of our consumer's everyday life, right? Our drink has shown great versatility in a daily life of our customer, meaning that you can have cloud water in the morning before a meeting, 
And as people understand the chemistry of CBD, you know, it helps create balance. It's not going to put you to sleep. It helps create homeostasis and balance and, and calm your mind to a point where you can think or do or act. So very appropriate before a big meeting or uh, replace your afternoon cup of coffee or after a workout. And so we wanted to place ourselves throughout the marketplace um, and be convenient. And one of those channels was our digital channel. And so we built a go-to-market you know, retail strategy. We also started a go-to-market digital strategy. So let's um, take all that and now answer your question. COVID, COVID starts, right? Yep. Yep. We, launch, we launch with Big Geyser, you know, one of the biggest distributors in the country and certainly in New York, 16,000 points of distribution. And they're known to take brands to the next level. Here's a plug for you. Yes, thank uh, you. And uh, we get a call from their head guy and said, look, we love you, but, you know, it's tough out there. And, you know, we were so excited to really move that forward. So, of course, we called a meeting and said, okay, so what are we going to do? And, you know, we just made a quick decision. Let's just pivot some assets to digital. And from February till now, we've grown that channel by 300%. Uh, it was always in our plan to grow the channel, but man, right. we, we just put some big fuel behind that and now retail's opening up. And so those channels are now kind of intersecting and we're seeing better growth trajectory than we had anticipated, you know, in the early stage. But because we were able to do that and, and you know, just roll with the times uh, and be nimble, to your point, plans change. But we had the grooves carved out already to be nimble and gave ourselves options in our planning. And that's what we did. Let me pause there. And there's another layer to that. But I don't want to speak over you or talk. No, that's, no it's perfectly fine. It's right. It, it, because my next question was going to be about e-commerce and the whole you know, digital shelf space and how that affected in its... Um, it's so important that you know, when I look back with the folks I've interviewed and folks that I, that I work with both, when this started, of course, those who were already more advanced in e-commerce, who maybe had a great Amazon presence, a, you know, a good website foundation and whatever, um, not saying thrived necessarily, but certainly survived at a different level than folks who were maybe all retail focused. Um, you know, and or people who were supporting operations through food service, which, you know, just disaster, uh, you know, yeah. so, but being able to pivot, being able to do those things and remain, you know, um, remain viable, first of all, you know, very important um, and keeping everything and keeping everything moving. What is, I think is going to be interesting is to see like you guys have obviously built your digital tribe as it were, um, is how when retail availability comes back to more normal, have they changed their purchasing habits altogether? Or, you know, right, am I going to go back and pick it up at Stop and Shop or, oh, what the heck, I just, I get it online, I'll, I'll get it, you know, a couple of days, no problem. Yeah, well, look, the beauty of that and, you know, the, I guess, unintended, uh, I don't want to call it consequence, uh, or the silver lining is better said through this is that we're ready for either. And so our digital channel caught up and, and surpassed and it is now a, uh, you know, a, comp a, comp a, uh, a, a competitor, <laughs> excuse me, yep. to retail. And sure. we know in any CPG brand, I mean, if you're launching with a multi-channel, your retail 
should exceed, right? Uh, unless you're, you know, going like a dirty lemon and you're primarily in a digital and you support a little bit in retail, but most CPG traditional strategy, uh, at least maybe till now, is to go out and, you know, take on that necessary evil and be visible and, you know, promote trials and, and awareness to your consumer so they can either buy it online or, as you said, you know, uh, buy it at Stop and Shop. But we're set up for either. And because we're small and nimble and, you know, mind you, we were in the middle of a fundraise when COVID hit. Yeah. So we were able to raise some money, but not enough. And believe it or not, some of that is a blessing as well. Uh, you know, I, my business, my last business was self-funded. So we never had a cushion and companies that overraise tend to, you know, spend and throw a lot of money at problems. And we had to get in a room and figure this out without the resources we thought we had. And that has actually built great discipline and chops among the team and put a lot more layers of thoughtfulness into our strategy. And this isn't rocket science, you know, but at the same time, just really zooming out and taking a look at how we want to come out of COVID and what we should be ready for. We, we are in a low touch economy and we will be in a low touch economy yeah. for yeah. the foreseeable future. And, you know, the, the long tail of, you know, some of the damage or just the nuances is that a lot of us will continue to have anxiety and fear economically and mentally. And, you know, so again, you know, we, we realize that, again, we want to be present uh, and CBD is a, a, you know, a great compound to help people deal with that. We just want to be, you know, ever present uh, wherever they're purchasing. And like I said, we'll, we don't know, but we'll see what happens and, and we'll, we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. But you'll, you'll, you'll be there. Um, have you, have you guys talked to me? Obviously I have, but um, demos, I mean, the, the concept of, you know, getting people to try a product um, sampling, however, you know, we do it is irrevocably changed now. Um, and being that we're in the package goods business, it's, you say to people, well, we just do a, a small little single serve package and do, yeah, well that costs as much as doing the regular bottle. So, you know, um, how, how are you guys approaching that? Or what do you think you're going to do in terms of, do you do dry sampling? Where do you go with that to get people to try it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's as limited or open as, you know, foot traffic and crowds in, in stores, or you can, you know, set up uh, your own, you know, types of, um, you know, promos. I'm, I, I'm a New York city person. I'm li been living out in Sag Harbor with my family and uh, I acquired a, a, a 1977 Scout a few <laughs> years ago on the very cheap. And my wife, who is the head designer at Cloudwater and does all of our packaging and social and so forth, very talented, uh, we decaled it with some you know, beautiful cloud logos and the paint job is beautiful. And <laughs> she made me a cloud cooler and I drive around and, uh, or we send some people out and we hand them out, right? Right. Uh, that, you know, that doesn't get you national coverage, but what it does is it does, you know, continue that community build one by one, uh, on the digital side, we, we decided to take a risk and put up reviews and, uh, I'm pretty humbled by the, the amount of five star reviews that we get that we post on the website and it's all verified through the Shopify app, you know, that these are actual buyers. And so there's authenticity to that. And I think short of somebody being able to try that, uh, they can see how their peers are reacting. Our social gets lit up with stories about how obsessed people are, 
there's a lot of visibility to how people are enjoying uh, the drink. And then we also introduced, you know, a sampler pack that we sell at cost. It's a four pack, one of each flavor that we have to ship to you, but we've lowered the bar and risk for you to give it a try. And our, our hypothesis, hey, if you, you know, follow us on social and look at the stories, you look at all the great reviews and you're willing to shell out, you know, a few bucks to take that chance, uh, that's been working exceptionally well for people trying it, you know, in this world and then turning into, you know, uh, regular customers. And we added subscriptions, you know, to offer savings and so forth sure. so that we can, you know, build lifers, uh, you know. So, again, we're, we're trying to adapt. There's nothing beats going into a high traffic like in Air One in California where we are yep. and putting a demo person there and, you know, handing out, you know, several hundred bottles over a weekend. And, and you know, nothing beats that, but can't do it right now. So, again, you get creative both digitally and in real life and, you know, you roll with the punches. So if folks in the audience, Mark, are interested in more information and maybe even in the sample pack, uh, what's the web address they find you at? Sure. Yeah. We're at uh, cloudwaterbrands.com and our social is uh, at cloudwatercbd. Um, That's actually going to be changing. Um, Do I have a couple of minutes to talk about what else is changing? Absolutely do. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's at uh, cloudwatercbd on Instagram. Um, I just wanted to go back to the plan and how it changed and wanted to talk, because I've mentioned it a few times, you know, why we named the business Cloudwater Brands and the, some of the headwinds that myself and all of our competitors face uh, besides the challenging retail environment and economic times is the regulatory environment and uh, yes. lack, of, lack of clarity from the FDA and most states. Um, some states Uh, have suggested that they'll be opening up some framework, uh, New York being one of them, but not until next year. And, you know, while we're shipping nationwide, we're a compliant company, uh, Knockwood, we're not running into a lot of, you know, regulatory issues. We don't make claims and, you know, so forth. But there are very large chains that, uh, you know, won't take on CBD. And there are very large distributors that won't take on CBD. And meanwhile, the, the pool is getting very filled with CBD brands. And so we looked at a couple of things in this downtime, if you will, at what's going to happen when, uh, you know, the, the FDA comes, finally comes around. There's going to be an onslaught like there was in the beginning of these brands bum rushing to Whole Foods to get on the shelf. Right. So put that aside for a minute. Um, then we, we said to ourselves, we asked a question uh, you know, our core audience, by the way, uh, is, you know, uh, millennials to Gen X, and that's opened up from to Gen Z and to baby boomers. So we have a really nice core audience, according to our data. And we asked ourselves a couple of questions. Would people drink cloud water without the CBD, right? If we could reach more people on digital and, and, and in mainstream, would they drink it because they love the packaging and the flavors? And what else is on our core audience's mind? And so we uh, quickly put together an idea and we're going to be launching a new line, believe it or not, in this crap storm. And it's, <laughs> called, it's called Cloudwater Plus. And Cloudwater Plus is an immune-based, um, you know, uh, cloud water version uh, of the same great flavor profiles in, you know, very similar packaging without the CBD. And it has vitamin D and zinc, 100% RDI. And it will taste the same and look similar. We're not giving up on CBD, but as I said, Cloudwater Brands never intended to have, you know, to be a one hit wonder. 
Right. And, and by, and it's going to sell at 275 uh, thereabouts in comparison to about, you know, between 550 and $6. CBD is a lot more expensive. And we've already been picked up by a national distributor uh, who loved the brand in the first place and has been <laughs> waiting to work with us, but couldn't because of CBD. So we get to evolve as a brand, right? Because this is an evolution of our brand. And we're now going to uh, increase our reach through some main arteries that have been closed off to us in the past. So we're really excited about that. That is, congratulations. That's great. That is very exciting to hear. Yeah, it's, you know, obviously regulatory and, and all the, the patchwork stuff, uh, even if it looked as though it was going to get sorted out prior to COVID, that's now been pushed to, you know, who knows when, because it just went off everybody's, you know, radar for a while. Um, and funny that you mention uh, one of the national retailers who's so dead set against having CBD products in the stores at this point in time is really funny because I, I know they have a very active CBD product development group at the same time. <laughs> they do. And we're, we're on the short list. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> you guys, how does this work exactly? Um, I, I think that the, probably there, as exactly as you described, there will be at some point in time, that the FDA will get around to, to dealing with this and dealing with it in a cohesive manner. And then the States will just, you know, go, thank goodness. You know, now we can, now we can move on. We don't have to worry about this, but from rolling back just a little bit, Mark, to the, the planning thing, when you guys were looking at this in the beginning, um, distribution is a critical element in most of our food and beverage businesses, but maybe most critical in, um, in beverage, what did you look at for your, were you doing a geographical, like we're going to, we're going to do this on the, you know, in LA and New York, and we're going to go Air One and, and other, or, or did you look at, okay, we need to be in Wegmans because that's where our shopper is. Yeah. Well, we, we launched as a more premium brand. So we were like eight, eight bucks, eight plus out of, out of the gate. And uh, some of that uh, was, you know, some of the pricing at that time. Uh, we looked at a variety of beverages out there uh, that, uh, you know, both on taste and packaging really didn't impress us. There were a couple that did, but for the most part, uh, they all looked the same. And they were all in kind of a 4 to $6, you know, uh, range. Uh, we also knew that the on-premise market we could own. We could own it out of the gate. And actually, we started to. And so, I mean, you know, being at the Soho House or, you know, the Tao Group's uh, hotels and their mini yep. bars and at their restaurants. And we were picked up by, you know, all the cool uh, bars and clubs in New York City. And so, um, you know, and we wanted to replace, you know, this as a cocktail mixer. And by the way, this mixes exceptionally well with cocktails and people write in all the time that they love you know, mixing their blackberry with tequila and so forth. And this was an avenue that none of our competitors would be able to, or most of them just compete by just because of their packaging and forget about taste. And so part of the strategy was to come out of the gates and hit that. And, you know, we, we, we started guns a blazing. And unfortunately, right after that, New York, you know, put the hatchet down and, and just made it expressly illegal in New York City. So, you know, we, we called back that business and we still see a big future in that for us. Uh, but, you know, that's just in the waiting game um, like everybody else. 
But we also wanted to be in the high-end natural channel stores, uh, and there are plenty of them to start. And just, you know, again, this is part of going slow, is get a lot of feedback, get the product in the hands of, you know, the consumer that we kind of researched in, in the wellness space and people that are, you know, kind of, um, you know, self-optimize and so forth, and that spend more money on things that are good for them. And the market has evolved since then, but that's how we started. And, you know, as we got more data and this became a little bit more ubiquitous, especially on education. And again, we wanted to limit our market because the education at that time was at, you know, percentage points compared to what it is now in terms of what people know. And our demos were based on, you know, getting what is CBD? What does it do to me? Do I get high? And there's still a, you know, a, a decent bunch that Oh, sure. I don't know that, but there's a lot more that know about it and a lot more that take it in and, and understand that. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we, we're now in King Collins and IGAs and, you know, we're in chain stores and, you know, we're in a lot more places than when we set out and we knew we wanted to be, but we wanted to start slow and kind of really build that premium f- essence of the brand, knowing that we were to come down on price at some point and go more mainstream and, you know, to be honest, we'd had to have to accelerate some of that because of the hurdles, you know, that we've taken on. But yeah, I mean, just wanted to come slow out of the gate. Mark, you mentioned um, the brand, importance of the brand and stuff. And, and um, you guys use the phrase um, elevated for your brand experience, which you could draw all kinds of connotations from. But do you want to want to go through that and why you chose that word? Yeah. Uh, so when when I uh, and the team sat around and, you know, said, okay, let's think outside of ourselves and somebody walks by a shelf, let's go, you know, let's go through this storyboard and somebody walks by the shelf and sees this bright white packaging with a pop of color and, you know, very nice artwork. Uh, and they say, what is that? Right. <laughs> and then they walk up to the bottle and they pick it up and it's sleek and it's, freezing cold because it's in that sustainable aluminum and, and they say, wow, it's a, it's a, it's a hemp, you know, it's a, it's a hemp derived or CBD drink. It's got 25 milligrams of CBD, which is, you know, more than most drinks out there looks great. And then, you know, they open the bottle and the aroma comes out and they're like, wow, that smells great. And then they taste it and said, holy crap, this, you know, for 40 calories, this is an amazing beverage. And we literally went through that. And those are our aspirations. And to your audience, I'm not <laughs> pounding my chest right now. This is wh- how we wanted to be. Sure. Uh, fortunately, we've gotten a lot of those reactions from people. But, you know, we really walked kind of, you know, sense by sense, right? Elevate your sen- senses, enlighten your senses, ignite them. Because an emotional attachment to something like this is really what gets people involved in a brand but you have to follow through on every single part of that storyboard, right? You can't put it in a crappy can and maybe it tastes good and the cans are dented and things like that. I pull dented cans off the shelf and I throw them out. These are works of art to us and I'm not trying to lose money. I'm just saying the bar that we set for ourselves was incredibly high coming out of the gate. And then the elevation that our customer can feel by, you know, taking in a brand that's transparent with their ingredients and hopefully has an efficacious, you know, impact on them, which 25 milligrams of CBD scientifically should have, you know, after some time. 
I, I think, uh, let me say in, in terms of research that I try to do before the show for products I may not be quite as familiar with, um, in visiting the website, which is cloudwaterbrands.com, um, all, all people in the audience who are getting ready to do photography of your product for a website or for your Amazon page or whatever else, you need to go to cloudwaterbrands.com and look at the photography associated with each of your flavors, because if they taste anywhere near what they look like, um, that'd be amazing. I mean, it's just so well done, Mark. It's just amazing. Thank you. you well, know, I'm I, a, yeah, I, I have to call it out because I see, you know, I normally can't say things about it because you just say, Oh, uh, but yeah, truly uh, artwork. And it, I was just like, Oh man, I, I want, Oh, I want that one that in, in the, Blackberry and oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's part of what we have to deliver in food and beverage, right? It, 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 before I taste it, um, no matter what concoction we try to come up with, 80 to 85% of our target audience is going to experience the product the first time by seeing it on the shelf somewhere or maybe online somewhere. They're going to see it. They're not going to taste it for the first time. They're going to see it. And then they've got to make that decision to ingest it. And, you know, and the, the website goes a long way toward making you thirsty. I uh, really appreciate that. And, you know, I want to thank uh, Scott Carlson and Liev Schreiber, who uh, were our early partners in the brand through um, their shop called Vans General Store. Yes, that is Ray Donovan. And uh, they really, uh, Scott, the creative director, worked with, you know, uh, some people here to create some of this beautiful art. And then Pulp and Wire, uh, who's uh, our current um, agency that works with us, um, did, did some of the current photography. And again, we're just so lucky to have <clears throat> partnered with such great teams and professionals to help us look great. And none of this, just for your audience, uh, cost an astronomical amount of money, right? And right, right. There's, no, there's a way to make things look great. And just by putting thought into it, and there are top agencies out there that command those type of dollars. And there are guys like Scott and Liev and, and Naomi and, and, um, and her team at Pulp that can make you look exceptional, you know, on a shoestring budget. And I just wanted to call that back out because we're not made of money here. And I appreciate the fact that we've been able to pull off some of these things, you know, on these tight budgets. That means a lot. Thank you. Absolutely. Not, not a problem. Um, so with the, with the new, with the new plus line now from a distribution standpoint, does it change? Um, well, first let me ask, does it change price point? Yes, it, cha- it, 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 it certainly does. So uh, uh, Cloudwater plus will, will retail for around two seventy five at, at this point. Okay. Uh, so it's, you know, significantly less uh, than the CBD line at this. Yes. Awesome. And then, and that will roll out on a national basis fairly shortly. So yes, uh, we're, we're, we're producing uh, in the late next month and uh, we've already established a uh, initial partnership with Kehi. Uh, they've been great supporters of the brand and they're very anxious to, uh, you know, launch with us and some other on-premise brands that we're just, you know, trying to work out some details. But what's great about having a little brand equity you know, this isn't a pivot. We're not starting from scratch. We're not the new, you know, the new people on the block. We're still young, but we had some brand equity and we're, we're cashing that in right now. I mean, we, we were in the seating business 
we've gone to every brand buyer distributor out there. Some have taken us in. A lot have said, hey, we love you, but we can't work with you. So, I mean, our arrogant hypothesis was, well, let's show them this and they'll definitely work with us. And so far that arrogance is turning into truth. So, yeah, this is going to change uh, the trajectory of the brand uh, quite aggressively. And one more thing, just as entrepreneurs think about strategy, um, part of the play here is uh, looking at what the landscape will be like once CBD becomes legal. And I picture this line outside of, of Whole Foods of all these brands trying to get in. Well, if this stroke of luck and I'll knock wood continues and we get into Whole Foods with Cloudwater Plus, we're already in Whole Foods. So we call the buyer and say, hey, CBD is legal. We want you to add these SKUs to your system. We're already approved. We already have distribution. Yes. There's a better chance that we'll go up on the shelf, you know, sooner than some other brands who are on the outside. So there's a pull through effect that will pull the CBD line to, to another level. Uh, in addition to digital, where we can now reach millions of people through Amazon and Facebook and, and you know, Instagram that we cannot do currently because you can't advertise CBD on these platforms. So we're right. opening the aperture to a massive world now, right? That to get to know the brand and some, you know, pretty decent products to go along with that. No, great, great strategy. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be very, very successful. Mark, one thing, let me ask you real quick about, because you mentioned it and, and I've talked to a couple of people on the show and I've talked to some of the people outside obviously who were in the midst of raises uh, when the pandemic hit. Um, you guys, you, you mentioned that yours, you know, you, you trimmed yours back a little bit or whatever. What, what are you doing? First of all, what, what's the effect from that? And then secondly is what down the road, um, when are you going to dip toe in the water again? What do you think it's going to look like? How has it changed? Yeah. So, uh, we, you know, th this round that we, we did an initial friends and family, uh, we got, you know, big geyser, uh, big geyser is, great. Uh, there's a lot of investment that's required. So we, we decided that we weren't ready to go institutional yet. We wanted to do a second kind of friends and family too, if you will. And we opened the round in February as a two and a half million dollar round. And a couple of weeks, we raised a million two or million three, like it was going great. COVID hit, didn't think it was sensitive to call on people, high net worth or not, who yep. are now, you know, trying to get their families safe, their portfolios are down 30%, and who knows where the world is going. It was not exactly the best climate. So thank goodness we had some of that cash. Uh, you know, we were, we were able to roll back a lot of expenses like trade shows and demos and things that we didn't, ha you know, yes. weren't going to be doing. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we also made a conscious decision, by the way. I made a major hire at that point. Uh, we brought on Dan Riley from Hint to be our VP of sales. We said we're going to grow through this. We just have to augment our growth. Um, I, you know, I'm an investor in the brand. I just wrote a check last week uh, with one other person to fund the pilot of Cloudwater Plus because we believe in it. And right. I want my next investors who put in money to show that, you know, we're not just, our hands are not just out. We're behind this brand. We put our money where our mouth is. And so I've begun now with what I believe is a more, even more compelling story than when we started for the brand to go back out and raise the remainder of the round. And uh, I hope to complete that in the next couple of months and give us some cushion. And then into next year uh, to, to really uh, support all of this great opportunity that we're creating, 
uh, to do a Series A. And what, I just want to touch on that too. It's one thing to go in and tell a story to an investor and say, give me your money. This is what I'm going to do. It's another thing to say, hey, look, look what we accomplished with almost no money. And now we have a bandwidth issue and we need your money to make this even bigger. But it's, the story's already you know, started. You right. get a much different reaction from an investor than you know, projections. No one's ever seen crappy projections or a crappy business. Well, there are some crappy business plans, but you know, everything looks great as optimistic. Well, we're, we're unfortunately, you know, we're operating on one engine here, but we're, you know, we're controlling the plane. And when we get that second engine back, look out. And I want people to be really excited about writing a check into this business because food and beverage is not slowed. It's actually increased and it's not going anywhere. It's just to your point, the buying habits and how people obtain it and nimble companies, you know, who can answer that call will remain successful. Yep. And that's, uh, that's the, I think, the, the truly exciting challenge of dealing with, with COVID and stuff going forward. It was a challenging enough business to begin with, but now you've got to be where your customer is, and we're not sure where he is all the time right now. So we yep. have to find him. Uh, Mark, I really, hey, appreciate you taking the time and stuff to, to be on the show today. It's great talking to you. A lot of good advice for um, fellow entrepreneurs out there. Um, but of course, we always try to nail down our, our guests to, if they can do a summation or whatever of one particular topic or one word or one phrase or whatever that you, you really want to leave fellow entrepreneurs with, what would it be? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never short-winded, but it's really about, you know, the true essence of, you know, what being an entrepreneur is and what it takes to take, you know, air and turn it into an idea. And it's, you know, COVID is exactly the training ground that we all need. One way or another, you should go through that because it really teaches us about adversity. It teaches us about, you know, looking in the mirror and digging deep and, and letting yourself know you got this, but that you're not alone, that you surround yourself with brighter people, smarter people. It's don't ever, ever run a company by ego. Run it with practicality, run it with passion, right? And right. never stop running, right? Just always be doing something, but think about the moves that you make and you'll be surprised how much you can accomplish even in the most extreme amounts of adversity when most of the world could be betting against you. Awesome. Awesome advice, Mark. Really appreciate it. And uh, down the road a piece, uh, after Plus is out there and stuff, will you come back and join us again and give I, us an, an update? I, I would absolutely love to. And, you know, yes, such great questions. I appreciate your thoughtfulness and, this went very quick. It was wonderful to be here. And, you know, we're on behalf of the team, we're grateful to have, be able to speak about our brand that we're very proud of. Thank you. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks so much, Mark. And by the way, thank all of you for being here with us today on the Next Level Brands podcast. Our podcast brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you'd like to know more about selling a retail, e-commerce, distributors, or how to properly price your product, check out the free webinar archive at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands Podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.